the Facebook nut is a really hard one to crack because there's so many levers and there's so much, so many things that can go wrong and there's so little understanding about where your leads are coming in. And I want to say real quick that even if you haven't cracked that Facebook code, there's still a lot of places you can get that value. We have one of our biggest clients still has, has had horrible luck with Facebook, has horrible luck with AdWords, and is killing it on SEO. G'day folks, Troy Dean here, and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation Podcast. This is the show where we help you start and grow your very own WordPress consulting business. And I do believe it was David Ogilvy, the, uh, the great advertising giant, who said, only half of your marketing dollars work, or only half of your advertising dollars work, uh, wouldn't it be good to know which half was working? Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Someone's going to correct me on this because that's not exactly what he said, but you get the point. Well, I've got a very special guest for you today who is going to help you understand how you can get granular detail out of your marketing efforts and your marketing campaigns so that you can determine probably the most valuable metric in your business, which is this. How much is a new lead worth to the business? How much is a new lead worth to the business? We all talk about cost per acquisition and cost per customer. We all talk about lifetime value of customer. Not many of us are talking about value per lead. Value per lead. Uh, my guest this week is Keith Perhack from Segmetrics. They have a software tool that integrates directly with your CRM. At the moment, it integrates with Infusionsoft, Entreport, and ActiveCampaign. They are building integrations for a whole bunch of other platforms, and it also integrates with your Facebook uh, ad campaign and tracks all of your UTM parameters so that you can get a definitive answer on how much this particular bunch of leads are worth. So if you are promoting a webinar or promoting an ebook or promoting an SEO audit or promoting a uh, you know website audit checklist or whatever it is you're promoting, you can get a definitive answer on whether or not those leads are valuable to your business so that you can double down on the marketing efforts that are working and you can maybe then scrap or reassess the marketing efforts that are not working. This is a fabulous episode full of so much gold. It's like a mini masterclass. So without further ado, let's go meet my friend Keith Perhack from Segmetrics. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome again to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast, the show where we help you start and grow your very own WordPress consulting business. And I'm very excited this week to have with me all the way from Portland, Oregon, my good friend from Segmetrics, Keith Perhack. Hey Keith, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Troy. Uh, we were saying off, uh, off camera before, you've just recently moved back to the States from Japan. How long were you in yeah. Japan? For 15 years. So wow. coming back here was quite a quite a readjustment. I think it took us about a year and a half to get used to it. Wow. Um, but yeah, we love it here. What, why Kids are you, happy, wife's happy. Why were you in Japan? 
I, it was a, just kind of how things turned out. So after I graduated, the, uh, the job economy was not that great. And I decided I'd go to Japan for a year just to kind of teach English, kind of hang out after college, etc. I ended up meeting someone. A year turned into three, getting married, kids, white picket fence, the whole nine yards, worked at a Japanese startup for six years, eight years, then uh, stopped that when they got acquired and got my own company and did that for another five years. And before wow. I knew it, it was 15 years. So yeah. Wow. M- moved there for a year and stayed for 15 Exactly. <laughs> um, now, for those that don't know you, uh, who is Keith Perhack and what do you do? I'm just a guy. Um, but really, <laughs> I mean, really. But I, so I've been doing conversion rate optimization uh, and technical conversion rate optimization. So it's building out better sites, building out better integrations and analytics and stuff for kind of info product, personality brands. And I've been doing that for the last six or eight years. So I've worked with people like Jim Quick, uh, Ramit Sadie, Eben Pagan, uh, Positively Positive, those types of clients, and just helping them improve their marketing, understand their marketing, because mm-hmm. 90% of them don't, and mm-hmm. being able to say, hey, here's where your leads are coming from, and here's how they purchase, and just understanding and improving that whole flow. So. Did I see correctly also that you work with Dr. Axe? Is that right? I have worked with Dr. Axe in the past, yeah. Right. Wow. Um, uh, that's a monstrous business these days, isn't it, Dr. Axe? It's huge. Yeah. It's gigantic. And it, it's crazy because when I was working with them, it was big then. Yeah. And now it's just everywhere. It's yeah. just dominating the space. The The guys that are um, kind of running that whole show in addition to Dr. Axe are just so bright and so smart and so on top of it. And they were actually some of the first customers we had for Segmetrics, uh, which is the analytics platform that we bought, that we uh, built. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do want to talk about Segmetrics a lot because it's a, well, we're using it. Uh, we're, we're, we've used it on and off over the last few years. Uh, we It's taken us a while to get our head around it. It's taken, and truthfully, it's taken us a while to, fo- to be able to focus and have the resources to focus on yeah. it. But we're back in it now. We had a call a couple of weeks ago where you kind of helped straighten me out. Um, I do want to talk about that. But first of all, I want to talk about uh, what you've learned from working with people like Eben Pagan. Eben was one of the first dudes I started following online when I first discovered the whole internet marketing world. I kind of fell in love with Brendan Bouchard, who I just think is, mm-hmm. love him or hate him, but I, he's such an animated character and I think he just gives so much value and he's taught me so much. Uh, I then went down the Eben Pagan rabbit hole and Dan Kennedy and um, mm-hmm. Frank Kern and Jeff Walker and Mike Fulsame, Andy Jenkins, all those guys. Um, what have you learned from working with someone? I imagine that Eben Pagan probably spends more on paid acquisition than anyone listening to this podcast or most of us put together. What have you learned from dealing with those guys at that kind of level? Yeah, and, and just to be clear, I'm not going to talk specifically about Eben because he sure. is still a client, but just in general. Yeah, of course. It's interesting because I see kind of a, a stark divide uh, in a lot of the clients like Eben or Ramit or all that. And it's really the people who are able to crack that Facebook code and the people who aren't. And the Facebook nut is a really hard one to crack because there's so many levers and there's so much, so many things that can go wrong and there's so little understanding about where your leads are coming in. Mm. And I want to say real quick that even if you haven't cracked that Facebook code, there's still a lot of places you can get that value. We have one of our biggest clients still has has had horrible luck with Facebook, has horrible luck with AdWords, and is killing it on SEO. And SEO mm. is where 
all their traffic comes in. They get $2 leads from organic traffic, Wow, which is mind blowing, yeah. right? Yeah, People yeah. want $2 leads from paid traffic and they're getting it from organic. Um, that's a whole nother story, but yeah. essentially the problem it's not another story though because the problem i have with seo and facebook and everything is it's so hard to understand it's so hard to track where your users are coming from and what's actually turning them into customers because okay let's say that someone sees your facebook ad right and they they click on it and they go to the page and then they they don't buy they come back later and they click on an adwords or maybe they just remember your name and they go directly or they read an article a couple months ago and then they see your name come up on the uh, on Facebook and they remember you, but they don't click the ad, but they go back. How do you track all this? How mm. do you follow all this? Because Facebook doesn't know all this. No. They only can track their part, yeah. right? Yeah, AdWords right. can't know it. They're only tracking theirs. Same with SEO. So how do you marry all this data together into something where you can track that whole thing? And then, which is really the biggest issue is people don't exist in a, in the, in a bubble, right? So if I come from a Facebook ad and I purchase a product, okay, cool. I was worth $7, let's mm -hmm. say. Well, what about a month later when you upsold me? Or what about with the recurring payment? Or what about a year later when I decide to buy your $10,000 course? Are you tracking that back? Who, mm. How do you know? And this is the thing that we've kind of found both with SEO and Facebook tracking and everything, which is the value of a lead is not determined in the first seven to 30 days, mm. right? That's your first kind of touch point and your first discussion with them. But the real value of a customer comes usually 90 days or even a year later mm. where they're continuously generating revenue through that entire time. And we've seen promotions. We've seen Facebook ads. We've seen like affiliate stuff that we thought were doing horribly because no one was converting to sales. And then we look at it six months later and we're like, Holy crap, it just took forever to get to the, get that nurture sequence to get yeah. people the value. But once they understand it, we're now looking at leads that were worth a penny are now worth two dollars. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's like that's night and day. Yeah. We've seen people buy our online course for fifteen hundred dollars or or two thousand dollars, and they've been in Infusionsoft for eighteen months and been yeah. highly engaged and opening emails and clicking links and you know, listening to podcast episodes because we can see the links that they're clicking in the emails and, mm -hmm. and then they'll buy and then we kind of dig in and go, wow, like that took them 18 months to convert. Uh, yeah. If you were, if you and I were sitting down and I said, right, Keith, we're going to plan a funnel and you said, okay, well, listen here, dude, the money you spend now, you're not going to get a return on that for 18 months. I would just go, well, I don't want to build that funnel. Like that funnel's no good to me. I want to build a funnel that where I put money into it now and I get a return next week or this afternoon, right? But yep. how do you plan an 18-month funnel? You, you don't, right? You can't. You can't. And that's – so what I try to do when I'm planning out these funnels or any kind of marketing funnel is – I try to get at least the cost of the lead, that cost per acquisition, within the first 14 days, Yeah. right? Otherwise, yeah. you just have a cash flow issue, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. You try to pay it back, and then you look at it over the next three months. You look over at that 60, 30, 60, 90 and say, okay, am I able to triple or quadruple that money in the next 90 days? Mm. And if so, that's still a good funnel. Because if you just if you had a funnel and you were only looking at that first 14 days and you said, okay, I'm making on this funnel as much as I'm spending. You'd say, 
screw this. I need a better funnel. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you need to look at it that that long term. Mm. And you also have to realize, depending on your campaign, if you're um, going after cold traffic with these ads, they've never heard of you. Mm. And so your nurture sequence, especially if you're spending a, uh, selling a $1,500, $3,000 product, mm. it's not going to be an instant purchase. No, it's not. And that's why I think a tripwire has gotten so popular, which is – and a lot of people, I think, take the tripwire the wrong way and they're like, oh, they bought a $5 product. Yeah. Now I'm going to sell them on a $100 product. And they don't buy it and they're like, why didn't they buy it? But yeah. the tripwire to me is more of can I make back the money that I spent on this ad and yeah. then that gives me runway. Yeah. Right. Just like if you were a SaaS or a startup or anything like that, yeah. it gives you the runway to then nurture them over time and turn them into a more valuable customer. Mm, this is super valuable stuff. Um, so uh, I think we've kind of covered like why you should be thinking about um, tracking where your leads are coming from and how much your leads are costing you and how you can liquidate those leads in the first 14 days to give you that runway what is the best practice? I think I'm going to tee you up here because I think I know the answer to the question. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if I were – because my business partner and I have this conversation all the time, right? We're like, we wish we were starting this business today from scratch because what we've learned over the last six years is just invaluable. And this business would be so much different and would be so much more successful so much quicker if we were starting it now with all the knowledge that we've got. Of course – Mm -hmm. Hindsight is twenty twenty vision. But if, if we were sitting down with you and said, Keith, right, we've got all these marketing ideas, we've got these campaigns, we've got these great products, we've got proven testimonies, we've got case studies, we've got great copywriters, we've got this team of 15 people who are working around the world and we're all going to collaborate on these marketing campaigns. How do we track this stuff? What is the best practice for us to make sure that we're tracking everything we're doing so that we can measure it? Yeah, yeah and that's, that's honestly the hardest part. And what I generally tell people, because... So web tracking is based on JavaScript. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is it doesn't understand who's in your in your CRM already, mm, right? It doesn't right. understand what those purchases are 20 days later, 30 days that's later, 60 days later. But even that, let me, let me, let me give you a very real example, right? Even, yeah. even like you, you go to our website and you opt in for, we have, we have uh, a proposal template, right? So you opt in mm -hmm. for a proposal template, learn how to write proposals to get paid better fees for your, for your projects. If you opt in for that proposal template, and we're just using web tracking, you then revisit mm -hmm. our website three days later to read a blog post, you're probably going to see an ad for that same bloody lead magnet that you've already opted right. into, right? Right. Because yep. the web tracking doesn't know that you've already opted into Infusionsoft. So mm -hmm. all of a sudden, things start to get a little bit confusing and, and a little bit cloudy very quickly. Yep. And that's this is the, the interesting and the hard part, right? It's... How do you have to get that data from the ads, from the clicks, from the page views into your CRM so you can make smart choices, yeah. right? So you yeah. can nurture people intelligently. And there's a number of tools to do that. Things yeah. like right message are freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even something as simple as, okay, if this person opted in for this opt-in, send their name to the, um, to the custom audience in Facebook yeah. and say, quit sending them this. Send them the next thing, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's and this is interesting because this is what they talked about at traffic and conversion this year, which is you have to understand the flow that your users are going for and optimize that. And I don't mean like optimize it in code or optimize it. Build a flow chart, get yeah, a lucid right. chart or yeah. get a piece of paper yeah. and draw it out. It's like this. Yeah. When they when they get this, I want to show them this. Yeah. 
if they don't get this, I want to show them this and just map it out. And then you start thinking about, okay, how do we do this? And the way you do it is, okay, someone came in from Facebook, put that in your CRM. Someone came from Facebook and downloaded this um, lead magnet, tag them in the CRM. Mm -hmm. When they do that, send that info back to Facebook, make sure, okay, this person downloaded this, now we're sending them this, right? And this gives us two things. One, it gives us the ability to customize the message and customize the conversation that we're having on this specific person and their segmentation through there. We're advertising what they want to see, right? The second thing is when we look at this 30 days later, 60 days later, we know exactly what people from what areas brought in what amount of money. I can then say people from Facebook who saw this ad and downloaded this opt-in are worth $5 a lead. If they downloaded this other opt-in, they were worth $7. If they attended our webinar, they're worth $10, right? So now I know exactly each step and I can put a dollar value to each step in that funnel. And that's super valuable. So before we talk about some of the tools in terms of measuring this stuff, I've got a, uh, 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 one of our team members lives you know, in Queensland here. I've got Max in the producer's booth here who produces a lot of our short links for our call to actions on our live shows and our podcast. I've got developers and admin assistants who work in our office in Manila in the Philippines. I've got coaches who work in the US. Uh, I've got a couple of coaches here in Australia. I've got a graphic designer upstairs, a customer success manager upstairs in the office here. And we're all producing links, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of what we do is giving our audience useful resources. Is our UTMs the the holy grail of, or, or are they just like the best thing that we've got in order to consistently try and track where our traffic's coming from? They're the best things that we've got. I mean, in a perfect world, we'd be able to say, we'd be able to track everyone back to a specific action and person and whatever uh, and have infinite fidelity. Mm. But we don't. Mm. The closest we have are UTMs. And if people haven't seen UTMs, they're the little parts that say like UTM content or campaign, Facebook campaign number two or whatever. And the reason UTMs are good is because everything understands them. Mm. Everything tracks them. Facebook has their specific trackers. Google has their specific trackers. UTMs are universal. You Mm. can look in Google Analytics. You can look in Kissmetrics. You can look in Segmetrics. You can look in any tool that you have, Infusionsoft, Entreport, whatever, Mm -hmm. and they all read this, they all understand it, and they all are able to say, okay, people from this campaign did this. Mm -hmm. People from this email did this, right? Because we're all sharing the same language. The problem that I see, and it's the same problem I see with tagging, is that very few people have a set naming structure, Mm. right? So let's say you're supposed to have source, UTM source. Where did these people come from? Sometimes it'll be FB. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be FB ads. Maybe it'll be Facebook. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be Facebook ads. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be Facebook with a capital F and lowercase b or capital B. And suddenly you have 600 different UTM values for the same meaning and you can't track anything. And mm-hmm. it's the same with tags. People put in like temporary, do not delete this tag users, <laughs> right? And it's like, that's been there for five years. And yeah, suddenly- yeah, yeah understanding and a lot of places do this now talk about naming conventions and there's no perfect naming convention but just one that you use that you are going to follow and everyone on your team understands and that's what's most important and the key is consistency 
Um, in fact, you, I believe you guys gave away a tagging blueprint, which was the first do, yeah. time, a bunch of people are doing it now, but you're, this was, I'm talking like, I don't know, four years ago. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you should take credit too, man. You, you, <laughs> you're, you, you've blazed that trail. Um, yours was the first one I came across where it, I looked, I read your tagging blueprint document, went into our Infusionsoft app and went, holy shit, we've got some problems because <laughs> our tags were like, are still all over the place. We're more consistent now. Um uh, but it was the first time I realised that if the devil is in the detail, you have to pay attention to the detail, otherwise tracking becomes impossible and, and just yeah. not valuable. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the reasons we put it together because even with a tool like Segmetric or something, you want to be able to – the tags aren't there just to tag people. They're there so you can find information later and mm. being able to – when you just have 800 tags, like, okay, anything a user does, let's tag it with something. That's mm. useless mm. because you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what you're going after. And same with the UTM values. Mm. So having – when people start a campaign, we always put this start. When they purchase from a campaign, we put this. When they end a campaign, we put this. When they touch a touch point, like a webinar inside of campaign, we say campaign name webinar, mm. right? So we know exactly what's going on for everyone in our list. Mm. Um, so let's pivot a little bit. We've talked a little bit about uh, why this is important. We've talked about using UTMs. How do, and I'm going to tee you up here to talk a little bit about Segmetrics, how do we, uh, and, and for those that don't know, just explain what Segmetrics is and how it can become part of your usual workflow. Yeah, so Segmetrics is essentially something like Google Analytics or Mixpanel or these super high-tech, hard-to-use uh, analytic systems, but made specifically for marketers so it's easy to use easy to understand right i've used google analytics every day for the last probably 10 years i still don't touch a third of what's there yeah right there's no way a marketer who has never gone into analytics who is not a numbers person is going to go in and and use that Mm. effectively right and so what segmetrics does is it does the same thing it says okay someone came to my page someone clicked on this link someone saw this ad Um, I spent this much on this ad and I got this many leads and it just does all that. And then what it does more than that is it connects back to your CRM and your merchant account and it says, okay, this person who came in from Facebook and saw this um, ad and clicked on this link to go to an opt-in and then watch this webinar and then watch the replay is worth $7. Over 90 days, they're worth $10 or $20 or $30. And we're able to take any touch point, any web view, any tag or anything that you've applied, any opt-in to a group of people and say, okay, how much is that worth? And this lets you just kind of segment down and build out. I have all these opt-ins. Which ones brought me the most leads? Mm. Which ones were the most valuable? And even better, which ones cause people to opt in for both? If someone opts in for opt-in A and then opt-in B, how does that affect the value? And products as well. People who buy product A are more likely to buy product B or not. Are they more likely to buy? If people buy A than C, do they then buy D later and are worth more money? It's just, it gets complicated. But being able to to follow and track everything that your users are doing and put a number value, a dollar value to that is just incredibly important yeah. for marketing. And I think the cohort um, so in Segmetrics, the, the, the kind of the dashboard or the report that's most appealing to me is seeing 
this bunch of leads are, were, are the most valuable leads we've got, and this is where they've come from. And really interestingly, mm-hmm. what we've learned in the last 14 days is that our blog that I have been looking at for the last three months and just thinking, oh my God, this is a disaster, our blog is actually generating, which is probably not a surprise, the most valuable leads we have, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people clicking on a link on a blog, opting in for a webinar, buying our program, they're the most valuable leads we have. They're much more valuable than Facebook leads. Mm-hmm. I just don't have as many of them. I get more right. Facebook leads, but those leads aren't worth as much. So uh, I've looked at this and said to the whole team, right, now we need to do what, you know, five years ago I was out in San Diego at a Frank Kern event and Ryan Dice got up on stage and, and said, look, SEO is a thing, but I'll tell you what's going to be more of a thing in the future is UXO, user experience optimization. He's been talking mm-hmm. about this for years. And so I yep. said to the whole team, our website's slow. We need to speed it up and we need to optimize the user experience on our blog because here's low-hanging fruit. We are getting really highly valuable leads from our website. We're just not getting enough of them. And that's because right. Segmetrics gave me that data. And I, I've used Google Analytics for, I don't know, 10 years now but when I was back in Google's, agency world. And, and it, yeah. it, 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 I can't get that information out of Google Analytics. You can't. I, you it's, not gonna, it's not going to tell you because it, ha, it has no idea of the dollar. Same with That's Facebook, right. same with Kissmetrics, all of that. Yeah. You have to know the dollar value. And, you ha- and this is super important. You have to trust those numbers. In yeah. Google Analytics, every, I'm sure there's a bunch of people listening who are like, well, I can just send the dollar value into Google Analytics. It's yeah. like, what if they hit the page twice? Yeah. What if the Google? What if the JavaScript didn't fire? That's, Did it hit it right. thirty days later? You have to trust the numbers. That's right. If and you I, can't I, trust the numbers; they're worthless. That's right. And I've never trusted the numbers, and I've used just about every tool on on the planet. Um, what does Segmetrics integrate with these days? Uh, so that's actually a big thing that we're working on right now. Right now, it is Infusionsoft, Active Campaign, and Entreport. Right. And we're currently working on what we call internally the uh, integrate with everything platform where essentially we've up until now we've worked with crms that also have revenue mm-hmm. right so they have an e-commerce like infusion software entrepreneur whatever and the reason we do that is so we can marry john bought this much money and we are 100 yeah. percent sure that john yeah. bought this much stuff yeah well when you separate it so let's say drip drip doesn't have any revenue tracking mm-hmm. convert kit doesn't have any revenue tracking so we have to talk with woocommerce and stripe and mm-hmm. paypal and all that and then we have to join all that data together. So Man, that's that's a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. For you, We've got that's it a pain in the ass yeah, for yeah. you. We've got it working. It's all in testing phase now because it's the core of what we do, right? Yeah. This making sure that each user has money. So we have, I think it's 1,300 uh, integration tests that we're running now, and wow. we're just trying to get all of them to turn green. Wow. So wow. It's, uh, it's fun stuff. But yeah. yeah, but you have to trust the numbers, and you have to trust that, and that's one of the things you have to trust that that dollar number is accurate. Otherwise, there's no reason to measure it. Mm. Uh, as a owner of a, of a software company, what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night? I sleep pretty well. <laughs> um, not Good moving answer. fast enough. I not think moving, not moving yeah, fast yeah. enough yeah. is my biggest one. So, I mean, there's two, I have two major flaws. One, I'm incredibly impatient. And I'm a perfectionist, uh-huh. so that those do <laughs> yeah, not work. They well. don't. Yeah, I think I'm the same, dude. And that is, you're constantly just butting heads, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, can we release <clears> this? Uh, when when's this going out? This isn't good enough. We can't release it yet, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's just it's the dichotomy. every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, one one of the things that so talking a little bit funny story that we had with our analytics because we weren't doing analytics internally. Uh, shame on us. <laughs> but we were doing great Facebook ads, and I was getting like. 
uh, 50 cent leads and people are opting in and like, this is great. We're going bang, bang, bang. We're getting all the opt-ins. And so we started looking back at the revenue generation zero, zero dollars. We spent something like $3,000 on this zero dollars revenue. Like what the hell's going on? And we went back to the location data that we've been saving and looking at, and it's all Eastern European. Hmm. So all of these Eastern European clicks were coming in through Facebook. They were opting in and they just dropped. They never opened an email. They never did anything and hmm. just gone and $3,000 just down the toilet. Wow. And I, because I saw in Facebook, I was getting good cost per acquisition. I was getting a lot of clicks. I was, all the stats looked perfect, hmm. at, but I didn't look at that dollar. Hmm. I didn't look at that dollar number and yeah. Yeah, there's a that lesson. Yeah, there's a lesson there. <laughs> um, if anyone, if anyone's starting out, putting together their first funnel, so maybe they've got a lead magnet, which could be like in our world, most of our clients are agencies, so they'll be like an SEO agency. Maybe they've got like an SEO checklist, uh, mm-hmm. which then leads them to maybe like a training video or a webinar, which then leads them to like let's get on a call and do a discovery session. What's like the? Yep. This is a, I'm going to throw you a curveball here, but like. What's like the, the the biggest mistake they're going to make with their first funnel that they can probably avoid if they, you know, take some advice from some of us who have been there and done that and got a bit of experience? Wow, it, that's a good question. So I would say people fall into two camps when they're setting up their first funnel. Now, this is the first funnel ever. They've never done this before because once mm. you've done it a couple of times, you get into it. One is not e- emailing enough, mm. and one is emailing too much. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I've done both. It sounds, I've it done sounds both, so yeah. horrible. And it's hard because you have to get someone else's opinion on this because the people who don't email enough think that they're emailing too much, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're people like me who don't like to email people. They, I get 300 emails a day. I don't mm. read emails. I'm like, no, people don't want to hear from me every, every other day or anything, right? Mm. And that's really really rough. And then there's the other side. It was like, I'm going to email them three times a day. They're going to be on six campaigns at the same time, getting all these emails in because that's how they're going to follow up. Mm. And that has the opposite effect where it's like after the third email in the same day, I'm just kind of, nope, nope, just turn it off. Yeah. Right. So that, that's probably the biggest mistake I see people make. And then after they have traffic and after they have understanding, the second biggest mistake I see is people just not understanding where their leads are coming from. And then it's so tempting to do it because mm. in the beginning, you don't care. You just want more people in that funnel. Mm. But you have to pre-qualify them and you have to understand. And I mean, especially for agencies, you don't want to get on a phone call with 80 people who are just like, how do I shut up my Google Analytics? Yeah. Right? Like. <laughs> You have to pre-qualify them. They're like, I have $10. Uh, what can you do for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You got to yeah. – and you have to find – and once you're pre-qualifying, you, you, you get into that rhythm. But then you need to find where did the people that were good come from? Mm. Where did the people that were bad come from? Let's remove the, the places that the bad leads came from and only focus on the good leads. Yeah. The value of a lead, which is something I like, categorically can tell you that we never focused on – on, we were never even aware of that metric before we started using Segmetrics because we didn't have that data. No, like the, we couldn't find that data anywhere. I didn't even know it was a thing. Like how much are these yep. leads worth? Now we know that data, we can start to focus on the efforts that are bringing in the most valuable leads, like our blog, which makes perfect sense because people on our blog spend time, they read articles, they listen to podcast episodes, they already are building up some trust. They're more likely to take that next step. And that's something, talking about the blog, that's something that Ezra Firestone was talking about at uh, TNC this year uh, mm-hmm. from Smart Marketer. And he was saying that uh, 
what they do for their e-commerce ads is the first ad you will see from their brands is never a sales ad. Yeah. It all goes to blog posts. Yep. And they do not send anyone a sales ad until they click and read for at least 20 seconds. Yep. And at that point, then they'll start sending ads because the blog, it builds trust. Yeah. It builds understanding. It builds camaraderie. And then you want to talking about optimizing that user experience, yeah. right? And then you only want to sell people who are convinced of the value already. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, hey, this has been super valuable. I am conscious of everyone's time, including yours. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time to do this, dude. Definitely. And, and uh, look forward to doing this again soon. Uh, where can people reach out and learn more about Keith and Segmetrics? Yeah, so you can find me personally at Develop Your Marketing and Segmetrics at segmetrics.io. Uh, um, we put out a lot of blog, a lot of blog posts about marketing strategies, as well as how to prove that those marketing strategies are working for you. Because the biggest mistake you can make is just following someone else's marketing and saying it worked for John or it worked for um, for uh, for Belcher or whoever, and saying it's going to work for me. Yeah. Right. And never works. Yeah. Right. They're ideas. You get ideas, you test them, yep. you understand if they're working and then you do it. So I would definitely check out the blog. Uh, we put out a lot of, I think, good content about that. Awesome. Segmetrics.io and developyourmarketing.com. Is that the? Yep. Developyourmarketing.com. Awesome. That's my personal site. We will put the links to that in the show notes uh, at this episode on the WP Elevation uh, blog. Hey, Keith Perhack, thank you very much for spending some time with us, man, and uh, look forward to seeing how Segmetrics continues to evolve over the coming years. Definitely. Thanks for having me, Troy. Awesome. Hey, gang, that's another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Subscribe at iTunes. Just go to wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. It helps us come up in the search results. And you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. I look forward to speaking with you again next week on the podcast. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. <laughs>